Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, and excited for today's episode with Rob Cornelis, uh, founder of Game Face, and looking forward to talking a little bit about sales and, and just the knowledge that he has in that, that area of the industry, but then also a little bit about his podcast and his new book coming out as well, The Sales Game Changer. And Rob's got some fantastic experience working with teams and leagues across the industry. So we'll dive into a little bit of his experience along with uh, what sales is looking like in the industry now and, and moving forward in uh, what we like to call the new difference. So Rob, nonetheless, welcome to the podcast. Yes. Hey, thanks, Jake. Love, love talking about sales. It's what makes the industry go around. You know, one of our co-hosts, Pat Gallagher, says he's really big on sales experience, right? And, and at the end of the day, uh, we're all sellers. No matter what we're doing, we're either selling ourselves, we're selling a product, we're selling an organization, we're, we're, we're selling something. Um, and, and as you think about, you know, the, the, the industry partners that you've worked with and, and those across, you know, every, almost every sport, right? Um, Talk a little bit about those experiences and kind of what you've learned along the way, um, you know, and, and what Game Face is as well. Well, you're absolutely right to describe uh, all of us as being salespeople. It's unfortunate that most of us, when we went through university, uh, we may not have been taught that uh, because it's not a very glamorous, uh, you know, proposition that you had to be in sales. Very few of us were raised around the kitchen table with mom and dad imploring us to become a salesman. Uh, it's usually, you know, go to law school or get, you know, be in medical school or, you know, do something responsible and good for society. And very few people look at sales that way until they're in it. And then they come to realize that when sales is done properly, and as the, as the subtitle of my book says, you can become the salesperson that people love. That means that you have the ability to give people that which is important to them, that which is meaningful to them. And if you have a product or a service that you and you yourself enjoy and appreciate, it makes it even more fun and, uh, and more rewarding. So sports is certainly that product. It's a chance for us to give people what they're looking for. Sometimes they don't know where to find it. And in this world that we're living in today, I think it's fair to say that people need a release more than ever. And, uh, and so we're very fortunate to work in an industry that is not, not only is desirable by the vast majority of the population, but then we get to work in a function within that industry where we're the people on the front line delivering that message to a waiting community, a waiting person, a waiting business. So GameFace has been in business since 1995. In fact, um, we are celebrating our 25th anniversary on October 1st, 2020. And in that time, we've been very fortunate uh, first to have invented the space of sales training for sports. Nobody was doing it before we began. And we saw a need that every other smart industry trains their salespeople, those who have to talk to the customer. Uh, and I don't say have to as, as being forced to, but those who have to deal with the problems, the concerns, the complaints of a customer. Uh, and so it just felt odd to me that we are in a very, you know, I would say uh, uh, a volatile industry where there's a lot of emotion and most people who are selling, whether it be tickets or hospitality or premium seating, 
most of them don't have much experience in the business world. So to have those conversations with business people without any training seemed a little crazy to me. And so that's why we launched the business. And we've been fortunate to work with about 300 sports organizations around the world in that time. And where it used to be, what? Sales training? Who needs sales training? You know, just turn on the lights, roll out the ball, people show up. Now, sales training in sports is a line item on almost everyone's budget. So I think we've grown up a lot as an industry. And those who recognize that sales can be their ticket to success are the ones that will not, not only dictate their own income, but they'll also have a lot of fun because they're going to meet so many great people, not only in sports, but in every industry. And what other department in a sports front office can say that? Well, and, and when you go out and sell a product, as you mentioned, whether it's tickets, groups, hospitality, sponsorship, et cetera, you can't just sell on passion anymore. Uh, you can't sell on, you know, ego, right? You can't sell on uh, just the experience. There's, we live in a society where you need to have more than just that, right? And even if it's just the experience, okay, what's added to my experience, right? W what are you going to do for me that someone else can't or someone else won't? And I think when you talk about the training aspect, um, there's, you know, more and more options now to create ancillary revenue or revenue outside of game day uh, or different avenues of revenue within a game day that sales isn't just tickets and suites anymore. There's a lot more robustness to it to where uh, you have to know how to sell in, you know, different ways in, in your perspective of talking to different business people, understanding their objectives, whether they own a business, whether they own their own wallet, right? Uh, or they're a family of four, you know, how do you, how do you talk to each one of them a little bit differently to make sure that you can achieve what they want to? So Rob, with that, I ask you, how have, you know, you mentioned 1995 and, and the industry as a whole growing um, every year, but how has training adapted uh, to the industry as a whole? Well, it used to be when, first of all, your listeners may be interested to know that I started my career in sports selling uh, tickets for the LA Clippers basketball team back in the early 90s, uh, which was a much different franchise than it is today and played in a, in a barn of an arena, which has since been torn down. Um, and so in those days, it was essentially trying to talk people into becoming a fan. It's like, you know, this is the year, you know, did you see our draft pick? And that was basically your pitch. Um, boy, have we grown up because now to talk about draft picks and substitution patterns and, you know, who your, who your uh, next coach is going to be, well, quite frankly, that's so 1995, because you're absolutely right, Jake. Uh, in today's world, in order to capture the, the wallet share of the people that you're talking to, you have to recognize that more and more, an association with a sports franchise or sports property is based on economics. It's not based on passion for a sport. That's irresponsible for most businesses today. If you happen to be a public company with a board or even a private company with an advisory board, for example, and you have to justify that, you better have, uh, you better have an ROI ready to deliver to those people who are looking at that decision. In fact, I, I've often told my clients, especially in the last five years, if you're going to go out there and try to persuade uh, an organization that sports is a good way to invest their funds, you have to think that you are presenting your idea 
to the CFO as much as the CMO. Because the CFO is the one that's, you know, scrutinizing everything that's being spent. And for them, it's, it's sometimes it just comes down to dollars and cents. Is this a good business decision? Is it going to drive revenues? Is it going to lower expenses? Um, now, the CMO has different opinions, perhaps. They may say, is this going to help us beat our competition? Is this going to help us grow our brand? So both of those are, are, are important functions that you have to sell to. But where it's really changing, Jake, and you and I have talked about this before, is that in order to be an effective salesperson in sports, you have to have a broader view of the world than just the sports section or ESPN. So getting training in industries outside of your own, and if you don't get the training, then go obtain it on your own. That is absolutely critical. You have to know how the real estate market looks at the world today. You need to look how the medical professionals are looking at the world and the economy today. You know, what is retail thinking? If you're talking to a restaurant owner, do you know what's going through their mind at this particular time in the history of our country? If you're talking about uh, talking to a government entity, a nonprofit. So to be able to speak their language is where we've really matured as an industry. And, uh, and so getting that broad education, I think is more important today than ever before. Yeah, I don't know about you, Rob, but I'm, I'm really big on, on investing in stocks. And look, you, you don't have to have boatloads of money to do that nowadays, right? You know, Robin Hoods, uh, Fidelity, Schwab, all those, all those, you know, entities have this, you know, stock splice type option where you could, you could literally throw $100 into the market and, and have fun with a bunch of different stocks and track them and understand why they're moving up and down, hopefully. And and just understand different trends, learn about different industries, different sectors, et cetera. Uh, and, and to your point, you know, the sales aspect of things, look, a lot of people might look at insurance and look down on it, right? But that's something that's really hard to sell. You could probably learn a lot from that insurance salesperson or a mortgage or a real estate, whatever it might be, right? Um, you know, widgets, et cetera. And as you think about how we sell sports and how we adapt, you know, are there going to be times and periods where there's those that come from the different parts of the industries, maybe five years into their career and go, I've done insurance or I've done mortgages or I've done this, you know, in banking. And now I want to go sell in sports. Are those people more prepared than those who started in sports? That's a really interesting question. And, <clears throat> and the, the answer could be controversial because I could say, absolutely they are. Then all of the people listening right now who got their sports administration degree are going, what the heck? You know, why did I do that? So I would say yes and no. For example, if you did start your career in another industry, let's say it was uh, tech, you know, tech sales, for example, you learn things in tech that can be very transferable to the sports industry and how we go about selling the sales process, sales systems, et cetera. Or I could say the same thing about manufacturing. Or I was talking to a client yesterday from the oil and gas industry. And they have, they have intelligence within that industry, for example, that is extremely valuable if one of those people wanted to move out of oil and gas and move into the sports industry and get a job with one of their local Houston teams, they'd be a very valuable asset for one of those franchises. At the same time, those people have to recognize that they're there's nuance about selling sports. They, they will, if they enter the industry, 
there are, like I said earlier, objections that they will face that are nothing like they, that their previous career has prepared them for because sports is not very logical. You know, some of the objections we hear are not cut and dried. Okay, you've got a problem, great. We'll go to the design team and fix that, done. You can't do that in sports. You can't walk down the hall and tell the general manager, hey, I've got an idea, you know, on our, uh, on our lineman position. You know, I've studied this and do you mind if I make a suggestion or two? Can I borrow the whiteboard? You know, that's just not gonna happen. So in sports, you have to learn to deal with what you're dealt. You have to learn to be able to, um, to answer objections and, and solve them, even though you may have no control whatsoever over the very product you're talking about. And so that requires skills. So in both sides, whether you're just straight sports from day one, right out of school, you've got to learn some skills about how to talk business today. And if you're coming from outside of sports, from other business into our industry, you need to learn some of the nomenclature of sports and, and some of the peculiarities of being a more persuasive seller of a product that most people can diss and they often do just by, you know, their, with, with their local app or calling the local sports talk radio station. And so there's, there's peculiarities and there's idiosyncrasies of both. And so, frankly, I'm, I'm sounding like I'm self-promoting here, but that's why training is more necessary today than ever before. And we haven't even talked about the pandemic and the new economy. Yeah, we'll, we'll let the kind of your secrets of training for those who, who want to kind of uh, either listen to your podcast, buy your book. Um, but, you know, when you think about the pandemic, the new different, the new normal, whatever you want to call it, and kind of what we're facing right now, there's a different level of sales acumen skills that you need, whether it's transactional, relational, um, patience. I mean, there's so many things that are going into it right now. It's so complex, so layered to where you almost are afraid to make a mistake because of the nature in which we live in during this time. But at the same time in sales, you can't be afraid to mis make a mistake, right? And so uh, talk to us a little bit about how you're, you know, what kind of conversations you've had with, with those in the industry, kind of how you're advising them, uh, some different, you know, tricks of the trade that, that you're picking up on as, as teams and organizations and leagues are kind of, for the lack of better terms, getting back into the swing of things. Well, we hope they are, yes. Um, you know, through, since March of this year, uh, until the day you and I are speaking right now, Jake, I've been, um, with my team, we have been delivering, um, for lack of a better term, a webinar to the, our sports clients and even those who aren't our clients. And we call it, um, we call it master selling during COVID-19. And we get into what we call the COVID C's, the 10 COVID C's, which is, and I recognize that, you know, hopefully COVID will begin to dissipate and who knows by the time this airs, it will be an afterthought. I doubt it, but it could be. Um, but it's, I think it still applies. So the, tevin, the, the, excuse me, the seven or 10 COVID Cs are what are some principles we can abide by in these weird times that we're living through? And let, let me just give you one or two. The first that comes to mind is connectivity. So people are craving connection. And this means that we do not sit on our hands and wait for conditions to change. We instead lean in and we be bold and we reach out to our fan base, our client base, 
and we connect with them, even if we don't have something uh, new to tell them. So a lot of people are, I think, they're holding back. They're waiting for some good news or a new policy or some decision from the league office. But in fact, uh, that's not the kind of salesmanship that we need today. We need constant connectivity. And I've told people, do not let perfection get in the way of connection. And so you can't wait for the perfect answers or the perfect news to deliver. People appreciate that. And, and it's a rawness and it's an authenticity, uh, which is something else we have talked about repeatedly with our clients. You have to be authentic. And so that means you might have to call someone, reach out to a prospect that you were talking about before all this came, or a client that you haven't spoken to in some time, you wonder how their business is doing, how they're managing this, and let them know, you know, I don't have all the answers yet uh, because things are changing, seems constantly. Uh, but I, because our business is changing, I suppose yours is as well. And I just wanted to know, how it's, how it's unfolding for you. Because we as an organization, we as a front office, we'd like to be viewed as a, a place where you can go to, for, for a, a reliable sounding board, a listening ear, a second opinion, and yes, a solution. And people appreciate that kind of authenticity. And and being, you know, just kind of palms up saying, look, we don't have all the answers. This is unprecedented what we're going through. But one thing I do know is that we are there for you and we're not going anywhere. And you can count on us. There's a lot of things you can't count on right now. Uh, you can't count on right now in the world. You can't count on your health. You can't count on the, uh, the longevity of your business. You can't even count on having a job. But one thing you can count on is we aren't going anywhere and we're here for you. And so those are kind that, of the, those are some of the conversations we're promoting. And that vulnerability is so, is so key, right? I know that doesn't sound with, start with a C, but, but <laughs> vulnerability in, in the sense of, you know, being open to learning and, you know, it almost goes back to your, your point earlier about, you know, learning about the different industries, right? what better way and, and better time to almost take advantage of those clients that you have to learn about their industry. Hop on the phone for 30 minutes and just ask questions. These people want to talk, right? And, and nonetheless, you know, sure, do they want to talk about sports? Absolutely. But if you get them talking about, you know, what they're doing in the real estate business and how things are going, it's something that they're comfortable talking about too, right? So it's easy. It's easy conversation. And I would just add two things to what you're saying. You, you, you mentioned, you know, ask questions. Uh, again, sounding like a homer here, but that's where good questions come in. You know, you can waste people's time by asking dumb questions or questions that really don't lead to much dialogue. So we train our clients on how to ask provocative questions. And I don't mean controversial questions. I mean, questions that provoke responses and, and, and sharing of ideas, and yes, even concerns and fears and pains, because that's valuable information. Because as you're learning that, you're also in the back of your mind forming the solution that you can provide them. And then the second part that we have to be careful about when we have these conversations is, you're right, Jake, people like to talk about sports, but sometimes right now, what they have to say about sports is not that positive. I had a conversation with someone a couple of days ago, not in sports. I was actually giving blood at the local Red Cross. 
And I was sitting next to a guy who I knew a little bit. I, I'd met him before in town. It was just ironic that we were giving blood together at tables next to each other. And he knows what I do for a living. So he was asking me about the sports industry. And I you know, gave him a little bit of an update from my perspective. And boy, he just railed on the sports industry right now, which really caught me by surprise. I didn't expect it um, from him. I expect it from some, but I didn't expect it from him because of his love for our industry. So my point being, when you're going to reach out and have those conversations, you better be prepared to know how to listen, which is a skill, how to respond, and how to resolve. And, uh, and, and if you do that, if you know how to do that, then you, everyone should take your advice, Jake, and they should take advantage of this, of this time when we have more time and make those calls. Because at the end of the day, if you're a salesperson, you're learning about that individual, that company, that organization, every single call you make, right? Every single outreach. And, you know, to use acronyms, because everyone loves to use acronyms in the sports industry, you know, the triple L, the lifelong learner, right? You know, how do you be the lifelong learner, regardless of what's going on around you? Um, you know, you're the sales trainer here, though, so I don't want to steal your thunder. Uh, let's talk about your book and the sales game changer that's coming out, you know, here in, in, in the next uh, upcoming weeks and months. You know, look, I'm an author. Uh, I understand the process of writing a book. It's certainly not easy, um, but it's one that, you know, for, for those that love podcasts, maybe they love podcasts, maybe they love books. Uh, everyone's kind of got their different way of learning. Um, but what inspired you to write this and and ultimately, what do you hope people get out of it? Well, my clients inspired me to write it because uh, I, I, I'm not an aspiring author. However, having traveled the industry for 25 years and, you know, we, we, have, a, we have an unsubstantiated fact at Game Face, <laughs> which is that there has not been a consulting slash training organization which has been in more front offices with sports teams than Gameface in our 25 years. So we have learned and observed so much from the people that we visit with. And I've been very grateful over those years, having countless clients say to me at some point, either during the training or after, where's your book? You know, how do I get your book? And I'd sheepishly have to say, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm working on it. And I was in my head, but I never took the time uh, that's necessary to put something together that people will find useful and valuable. And, um, and so I'd had a couple of drafts, but then I'd get busy with work. I'd get busy serving my clients, if you will. Not to sound noble, but that's just what I do. I, you know, when someone calls, I want to be there and I put everything else aside. Uh, but this, uh, this 2020 has been an opportunity for me because I have not done as much traveling. It's been, it's been an opportunity for me to put the finishing touches on this book. So it's really a culmination of 25 years of, as I said, observation and learning and also um, putting on paper the, uh, really the density of our training that we've been developing over these two and a half decades. Um, I would also add, Jake, if I could, that the book is designed really for five different audiences. Uh, yes, it definitely uses the sports metaphor, the sports case study, because that's what I know best. But it's also been very um, 
it's, it's incorporated a lot of ideas and, and things that we've learned working with non-sports client, clientele, which is about 50% of our business now. Even though we've worked with 300 sports organizations, we've worked with about, uh, about 100 or so what I'd call real businesses, right, from all kinds of industries. And so right now, if you looked at our calendar, we're about 50-50 with our engagements. Uh, so the five people that it's really designed to help are people who know that they should learn something about sales, even though they don't like sales. It's like, it's like, I'm an accountant. Why do I have to care about sales? Or I work in public relations. What do I care about sales? Well, it's written for those people. Because as you said at the beginning of this podcast, everyone has to sell. If you're going to be good, you got to learn how to sell yourself, your product, your service, et cetera. So it's written for those people in a voice that hopefully they'll respond well to. It's also written for, for new salespeople who want to get really good at this thing and they want to learn the right way to sell from the get-go. It's written for the veteran salesperson, that person who's been in it for a while but wants to be beloved by their customers and wants to leave a legacy. It's written for the sales manager. You can't really teach what you don't know. So we're teaching sales managers sales methodology and approach that they can then go teach to their people. And fifth, it's written for basically, basically the business owner or the entrepreneur who may be by default the best salesperson on staff. So even though they'd prefer to go you know, sit in their basement and invent stuff, they still have to learn how to sell. So it's written for them as well. And, um, and so that is, uh, is why we're so excited to get this out in the market in the next few weeks, as you said. No, I love it. And, and, you know, that last point about, you know, people who create stuff like, look, everyone's got what they're really good at, right? And at the end of the day, uh, we all know through sports that if you put people that are all really good at one thing, you know, uh, separately, you make a team and a team that's great has good chemistry makes, you know, a great team. And, you know, when you think about um, those that are in sales, there's definitely some that have different specialties than others, right? You know, you might have someone that's very, very transactional, the relational side, mm, but they just, they're really good at, you know, cooking out, uh, you know, quick deals. There's others that can't get that done, but they're really good at relational selling. Or there's others that are really good at understanding, you know, the brands and the objectives and, and that sort of thing, but they need someone to help them come in and, and really close it, right? everyone works at a team as a team in sales one way or another. And I love that point that you made about, you know, how everyone needs to know about sales because look, you take sponsorships, for example, the sponsorship salesperson cannot go close a deal unless they work with their activation person because they got to know what, what, what it takes to get done and vice versa, right? You got to be able to communicate in that way. So love that. As, as we wrap up the episode, I'm going to throw you a curveball as, as we do sometimes. And, uh, give you some quick uh, rapid fires, you know, for those, uh, you know, sports that you've worked with and, and other industries, uh, what is the one sport outside of the big five that you enjoy the most? Sumo wrestling. Ooh, that's a good one. Probably didn't expect that one, did you? No, I did not. Well, All right, let's, 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 flip, let's flip you on the industry side. If you could work in one industry, right, forget, forget what you built you could work in one industry with a client that you've you know worked with before whether it's real estate etc what's the industry that interests you the most oh that's a good question um well it would probably have to be the entertainment business because that's really where i started my career 
And then I, I got into sales almost, excuse me, sports almost by accident. But there are things I'd still like to do in the entertainment business. Fascinating. So entertainment wise, you've got a concert, you've got a, a, a sports, you know, venue of some sort, or you've got a, a play, you know, theater, Broadway, et cetera. Where are you going? <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to make enemies with this one. Um, I'd love to be moved. I love to have that kind of experience. So I'd probably go see Les Miserables. You caught me off guard on that one for sure. Well, Les Miserables is uh, one of the most beloved musicals on the stage. And, uh, you know, I'm not a musical guy. I'm really not. I don't like musicals very often, except Hamilton was kind of cool and some others, you know. But um, Les Miserables is, is a story that for me is the essence of what life is all about. I've got my homework then. Definitely going to look into that one. All right, last question for you. Uh, you're obviously a big traveler. Uh, for those that are thinking, where's my first trip when all this is, is uh, back to some sort of normalcy, where are you going? Uh, well, my wife and I had a trip planned for this fall, which has been postponed. So we are going to be going to Israel um, as soon as we are comfortable traveling overseas again. And I am so excited we're going to Israel, Egypt, and Jordan. That's fantastic. Well, having been to Israel before, um, I will, I'll throw one more question out there for you. What is the food, food that you're most excited for that you know about in Israel? Hamas, oh, what, what do we got? Now, now, now you stumped me, okay? <laughs> I don't know enough about it. That's why I can't wait to go. But uh, I, I love all ethnic food. I, I eat anything and everything. Whenever I travel overseas, if there's something being, uh, being cooked on the street, I'm there. Well, falafel and hummus, you can't go wrong, and then you'll never get it as good again. Just know that. Okay. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> Rob, uh, any last thoughts for our listeners uh, as, as we wrap up the episode? You know, really enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, for those, again, that want to learn more about, um, you know, Game Face, uh, your book, your podcast as well, uh, where can they find you? Thank you. Our podcast is Game Face Execs Podcast, and it's on all the normal platforms, YouTube included. Um, and then uh, if you go to our website, GameFaceInc.com, GameFaceInc.com, you not only could learn more about the book and the podcast, but we're also going to be announcing soon a really cool sales course that we're going to be teaching to a few select people. Um, so that's about all I can announce right now, but an announcement is coming soon in conjunction with our 25th anniversary. And uh, I'm really pumped about it. I, I can't wait to, uh, to give it to some, to some very select people. And uh, that, that's all of your listeners. They can make themselves one of those people. From, from a podcaster to a podcaster, I'm honored to have you on, Rob, and uh, certainly look forward to having you on again in the near future. Uh, really enjoyed it, and thanks for, thanks for the time. Thank you, Jay. Keep up the good work. Appreciate it.